been a busy day, been a busy week. And uh, a lot of stuff on the Middle East, of course. We're trying to find that balance of how much to cover and how much – because there's so much going on in the Middle East and there are so many layers to it. And then there's stuff going on locally, but it just – it's trying to find that balance. So there's lots of stuff uh, – Lots of stuff coming out. And um, earlier this week, the Ford government announced that Holocaust education will now be mandatory for high school kids. They've already made it mandatory for elementary kids. How it ever got taken out of education at all is beyond me. But, you know, we've got polling that shows you know, across North America a huge portion of kids. No idea. They have no idea about it. They think it was made up, which explains why we have seen so much Jew hate being spewed out on the streets and festering. And it's clear it's been festering, festering on universities. And we're seeing the highest levels of anti-Semitism since Hitler. And it goes beyond Jews, okay? Because once they kill the Jews, they come after everyone else. So it's, it's not like a, it's just, just get rid of the Jews first, and then they come for you or your neighbor or whatever. And it's not going to go away I mean, we can educate people, but it's not going to go away, I think, until the universities are cleaned up, you know, take those money. Or as my next guest writes in his latest piece for the National Post, uh, unless we get rid of social justice programs like EDI, you know, where we have Jews painted as white settler colonizers. And no matter the violence and discrimination perpetrated against them, Jews will always wash up the privileged side of the racialized power dynamic proffered by social justice types who preach EDI. So how do we get rid of that kind of education? Let us ask the gentleman who wrote the column. Raheem Mohammed joins me now. He, of course, is in Alberta, the beautiful uh, Wild Rose country. He joins us now. And, of course, you write for National Post. You also write for The Line and The Calgary Herald. So great to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Alex. Um, what did I get wrong in, in my piece? Because I don't think you can solve any of this until, A, you take the dollar source away. Uh, from the universities and actually make them, you know, be accountable or until we, as you say, get rid of the stuff that you're talking about, the really kind of ideological education. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's right on point. And, and I would say, um, you know, over the past decade, uh, universities followed by a number of other professional institutions um, have gravitated toward this philosophy of EDI um, to the extent that in a lot of workplaces now, part of onboarding um, will be attending EDI workshops and sort of EDI uh, presents this kind of very simplistic racialized uh, power structure uh, that um, constructs whiteness with colonialism, with privilege and sort of connects brownness and blackness with oppression um, and with being colonized and, and with disadvantage. And I think within that sort of crude framework, um, there's really no frame of reference for anti-Semitism, um, which explains why I think a lot of the response um, coming out of major Canadian universities um, has been at best timid um, and at worst complicit with, uh, with the anti-Semitism um, and, and with the, the mass murder of Jews um, that we've seen over the past month. Yeah, and I do think that most take part in this kind of teaching because they do feel that that they're learning, they're expanding themselves, and that they feel it's the right thing to do. But in doing so now, I mean, I'm a settler, I'm a colonizer, I'm all these things, and I'm like, what What are you talking about? Like, everyone has been labeled, and I think it's much, much more divisive. But But it is something I think people go into thinking that they're doing the right thing. 
But I think it's very polarizing and, and far more divisive. And I think ultimately it's, it's going to push people further apart. Yeah, and I would say it's overly simplistic. You know, I would say, uh, you know, there are complexities in the world. Um, you know, so there are, you know, Jews in Ethiopia, Jews in North Africa. But you think, you know, you, yeah. you, um, you, know, you, you tell the average person to picture a Jewish person, uh, a Jew, um, you know, they're going to picture a white passing Ashkenazi Jew. Um, so we think of Jews. They're going to do the hook-nosed Jew with uh, the black hat sure. and sitting on a pile of money, right? Yeah. Sure, exactly. I mean, we think of Jews That's as white. Trouble. And, um, you know, I think it's fair to say that the Jewish community here in North America, you know, has done relatively well for itself, you know, as, as, as a community. Um, so we think of, of Jews as white and we think of them as economically privileged. Um, and, uh, you know, something like EDI uh, doesn't give you a frame of reference to acknowledge that a group can be white, um, a group could be relatively well off, and a group can still be oppressed, and it can still be the victim of targeted hate. Yeah, I mean, if I'm so rich and powerful, I'm not working 16-hour days. <laughs> like, I'm like, really? But people will believe what they believe. And so then yeah. how, do we, um, how do we find the balance here? Because you're not going to all of a sudden tell the school boards, uh, you got to get rid of that. It's entrenched now. And, and I'm not sure how you, you tell workplaces. Like, there is a, 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 there's a very toxic and, um, I would say, racist on the other side of things element to this. But I think, like, how do you unlearn it? How do, you, how do we get so, back? Uh, I to, would target, I mean, you, you look at these sort of professional EDI grifters. Um, you look at EDI as an industry, it is rife with anti-Semitism and anti-Semites. Um, so you look at people like this Leif Maroth, uh, you know, this guy oh, that yeah. was hired by the, yep. by the government of Canada to craft an anti-racist strategy, uh, strategy and some of the things... Um, you know, he said to teach broadcasters they, to teach broadcasters. Exactly. I mean, he, you know, someone should have been fired and they didn't even get they, no one's even apologized for that. It just kind of yeah. went away. He got 600 grand yeah. plus. And, and you'll find those sorts of sentiments ubiquitous uh, within the EDI complex. Um, so right. I think it, it's on people like you and me to expose the grift for what it is um, and to change the narrative. Yeah, it's difficult, though, because then there's the self-loathing Jew who will then be the one person that they find who, you know, supports them. And it's mm -hmm. like, well, like, Jews aren't monolith. Like, it's like, just like black people, like, like uh, Muslims, they're not monolith. They don't all speak with mm -hmm. one voice and have the same views. Yeah. So there will be Jews that absolutely are, are absolutely hating Israel for this, but they'll go to that one person and that becomes, well, see, there's our evidence. Yeah, and, and you can find, unfortunately, your token anything. Um, you know, you can find your token black person, you can find your token Muslim. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, unfortunately, in the age of social media, we have reduced attention spans and people um, will kind of take what they see at face value. Sure. Um, I don't know how we unlearn that. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like people like you and I. Um, so, I mean, I'm an Ismaili Muslim. I'm acting in good faith. Um, I gather mm -hmm. you're Jewish from the way you're, you're um, characterizing yourself oh, yeah. for acting in good faith. Yep. Um, so I think it's people like you and I to, you know, it's up to people like you and I, um, you know, to speak truth to power and to fight the good fight. You just won't have any friends. I mean, you certainly learn, it's, you certainly do learn how, who your friends are, are in, in yeah. moments like these. And that is the, the interesting thing. Um, but again, I, I just, yeah. people will believe what they yeah. want to believe. They're learning Frankly, a lot yeah, of this want, crap on, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I wanted to, to give a shout out to a friend of mine, Anthony Koch. Um, so Anthony yep. Koch, as you may yeah. know, he used He's to be a local. panelist on Power and Politics and CBC. Um, so you had been on, on the show. October the 8th a, a press release coming out of CBC, um, you know, from a head executive. We're not going to call Hamas fighters terrorists. Uh, you know, we're not going to refer to these as acts of terrorism. 
the only person on CBC's roster that got fired from the fallout of that was Anthony Koch. Yeah, I mean, he used some fairly salty language, but I get the frustration because if you're trying to be, I mean, people will believe what they believe. And there are obviously, uh, Raheem, a lot of people who think Hamas is pretty great. Like it's the new Che Guevara, right? It's like he's our resistor. Hamas is going to be our our hero. And it's like, and I don't know, I don't know how you unteach that because people will believe what they believe. I had a woman on uh, earlier who's got family, you know, stuck in Palestine and truly believes that, you know, Israel is who's keeping them in that country and not letting them out, even though it is Egypt that controls the border access. And I can't get into an argument with her because it's it's a non-win for me. But again, people believe what they believe, right? Well, another friend of mine, Sabrina Madeau, um, she's another columnist for the National Post. Um, She put out a very powerful story. It's on the front page of the paper today um, where she went and she interviewed people here in Canada um, who are siblings, parents and relatives of, uh, you know, people who were slaughtered at that music festival on October the 7th. Um, so, you know, listen to the firsthand accounts of those people, look them in the eye and say, no, it's, it's Israel that's the oppressor, it's Israel uh, that brought this upon itself. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, if you can do that, I don't think you have a conscience, but I think, you know, really listen to these stories. Um, it's very important to bear witness, not just to the murder, but the savagery, how people were killed, the kidnappings, the sexual mm-hmm. violence as a weapon, um, sort of to pay attention uh, to the savagery and, and sort of expose it for what it is. And if you're still someone who can, you know, see the images from the concert, um, you know, see the live stream pogrom um, and still say, well, mm-hmm. you know, Israel's the, prof- the, the, the um, oppressor. There are two sides of this. I don't know what to say with you. I mean, if, you're, if you can do that, I don't know if there's any getting through to you. Yeah, no, there are definitely large masses no one will get through to. So where do you see this going? Because it's not going to get easier. I mean, we're going into a very, yeah. we're in the da- most dangerous phase, I think, living in my history of like, that. Yeah. this is, I think, far more serious than the Cuban Missile Crisis. So where do you sure. see this going? So why I wrote that article is I don't want people to look at things like mandatory Holocaust education, like, which is something we should do. But I don't want mm-hmm. people to look at it and see this as, oh, you know, this is something we can do. Uh, we've gotten so much further than anything that can be solved by, um, you know, having grade tens um, spend a week each year, you know, learning about the Holocaust or watching The Pianist or watching Schindler's List. Um, so Holocaust education is a step in the right direction, but it's a token action. Um, and it, mm-hmm. it doesn't nearly address, I, I think, the rot of anti-Semitism. Um, we've, through, we've seen through virtually every institution in Canada over the past yeah. month. What a time. What a time. Great article. Appreciate uh, you writing it. And we'll talk again. Great speaking with you, Alex. Thank you. That is Rahim Mohammed. The article is Want to Fight Anti-Semitism? Start by Unlearning Social Justice. And you can read that in the post. But yeah, it's a big part of it. And, and I, don't, I don't know how you combat that, right? I just don't. It's a very tough thing.